Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. This is a really special episode that I'm excited to share with you. Pastor Gary and I uh, went on a plan, a work retreat last weekend trying to get some stuff done, uh, just getting off site, and we realized that we could record a podcast while we were driving up to Rainbow Trail for this <laughs> work retreat. And so uh, Pastor Gary had the great idea of theming it in the same way of the Jerry Seinfeld Netflix show, Comedians in the Car Having Coffee. So I present to you an episode, and we're going to do this again because it was super fun. This is an episode that we're calling Clergy in the Car Having Coffee, uh, in which I interview Pastor Gary about uh, his journey to Bethany, his journey of uh, pastoral ministry, and then also ask him all sorts of other uh, fun, random questions. I really hope you enjoy it. I had a lot of fun recording it, and uh, it's a good episode. Well, again, we have to do it again in the near future. All right, enjoy, everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this special episode of the Together for Good podcast, or what we're calling today, clergy in the car drinking coffee. Pastor Gary and I are driving up to Rainbow Trail Lutheran Camp. Shout out Rainbow Trail. Pastor Gary, how are you feeling? I'm, I'm having a great afternoon. And we uh, stopped at Starbucks, just got our coffees, and realized that this would be an awesome way to put a podcast together, kind of playing off that Jerry Seinfeld comedians in the car getting coffee. And so in light of that uh, particular piece of media, I'm going to be interviewing Pastor Gary Sandberg, who's driving right now and, and is in no position to interview me, but maybe on the ride back we'll get to do something like that. Sounds good. So Gary, I want the people of Bethany to get to know you a little bit more through this conversation. I'm sure a lot of people know a decent amount of your story by now, but maybe they haven't heard it before. So let's start at the very beginning. Talk to us about where you grew up, where you had your formative years. Give us sort of an early picture of life as Gary Sandberg in this world. Great. So born in Toledo, Ohio, but at a very young age, moved to Dayton, Ohio, where my family established and found a church right away. Mm. And in that congregation, when I was quite young yet, a new pastor came into town, into the congregation. And when we had that pastor over for dinner, we started throwing a football around our family room and I believe even knocked over a lamp nice. at some point <laughs> and that was really great fun and uh, continued and my parents are actually still members in that congregation today so Whoa. yeah long long history there and so with your connection to that church did you always feel growing up that you wanted to be a pastor or did you have some other ideas in mind so when I was young, I went to a number of family funerals and family was, you know, growing up on my mom's side of the family, Polish Catholic, okay. we went to a lot of funerals because family was very, very extensive. And I always remember leaving the church from on the way from the church to the cemetery. The conversation in the car was not about the worship service that we just had. It was always about the way that the funeral home and the funeral directors cared for the family. So it was, it was so cool how great my aunt looked. Um, it oh, sure. was about, oh, the way that they got us in and everything. And I thought, wow, like that's really important to care for people at a funeral. And yeah. so I kind of wanted to be a mortician. Uh, but I also knew caring for people might go a little bit beyond that. And then at one point in my life, I was serving as Crucifer, and I was probably 
14, 13, 14 years old. Wow. Okay. And I strong had, 13 year old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was a, a heavy super cross. heavy cross, you know. Uh, but carried the cross in and out of church. And afterward, a dear soul in that congregation, Dottie McCall, came up to me and she said, "Gary, every time you do something in worship, mm. it makes me so happy." And at that point, I was thinking, wow, I really should do something with my life that makes people happy. Yeah. And that probably was a pivotal moment. I'd already been thinking about becoming a pastor, but that was maybe the pivotal moment where I realized that could be a life of real joy. So you, this is around 13, 14, obviously you probably still had some other thoughts you were exploring. Um, sure. And then you head off, you know, graduate high school, head off for college. Where did you go to college? Go ahead, give All a right. shout out. All right, so originally had planned on going to Bowling Green State University for two years and then transferring to Capital University, a good Lutheran university. Uh -huh. And when I was at Capital on a visit, one of the religion professors, when I told him my plan, he said, why wouldn't you just go to Capital for all four years? And I couldn't come up with a reason not to necessarily. <laughs> And, oh my my, and my visit there just felt so different. Huh. And there's something about, you know, you're in a place and you go, this is my place. And yeah. that's what it felt like. And so I ended up going to Capital University for four years and literally right across the street to Trinity Lutheran Seminary for my seminary education. So did you go into college already like as a, like a pre-seminary track almost? Was that really in mind yes. at that point in time? So I... I was going to major in psychology, and I did major in psychology because I had some people say to me, don't major in religion, yeah. you'll get plenty of that. But I did I did get a minor in religion as well as minors in sociology and Spanish. Oh, wow. I didn't realize about the Spanish one. I'm learning something new. Yeah. Um, okay, so then you go on and you go to Trinity Seminary, which is, yes, directly across the street from right. Capital University. and. Then you go on, to, where was your internship actually? My internship was in Fort Worth, Texas. Yes. Um, Karen and I got married on August 9th, and I think I started there August 27th or something like that. So she had just graduated from college. She was two years behind me. So worked out great. She graduated. I was ready for internship, marriage, move, and we were off to a whole new life together. Very cool. And did Karen go to Capital University she as well? Did. She did. Yeah. So you guys met in school there. Yeah, we met at Capital. And then go off to Fort Worth, Texas for a year. Then you have to, back in those days, it was very linear and you would go yes. back to <laughs> Trinity for one more year. Right. Which I seminary. loved. Oh, I cool. Loved, I loved my senior I worked at a Presbyterian church in town my entire senior year. What were you doing at that Presbyterian Doing church? youth work. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, as part of their youth ministry team. Yeah, and I bet that was a nice way to kind of integrate the whole experience oh, as well. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. And then, first call, where where did you go as soon as you graduated? Graduated. Actually, the fun thing is, Trinity Lutheran Seminary was the only seminary that both was ALC and LCA. All the other seminaries were one or the other. Trinity was United Seminary. So I had classmates that half of them were part of the Lutheran Church in America, the other half were part of the American Lutheran Church, but in January of 1988, the ELCA was formed. So we were the first graduating class into the ELCA. We both started either ALC or LCA, but wow. graduated into a brand new church. So everything was new, and as a part of that, as an Ohio boy, 
I was placed in the Minneapolis area synod where there is this little seminary there called Luther Seminary. Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> so to be going to, I was kind of on the outskirts of Minneapolis, a little town called Monticello for my first call. Monticello for first call, and then your second call was also in that Minneapolis area. Correct? It was, right. New Hope is kind of like a second ring suburb of Minneapolis, and that was my second call. And both of those calls, I had really heavy responsibilities for youth and family ministry. Okay, okay. And those were larger churches, and you were part of a staff? Yeah, part of a team, well. part of a team in that ministry. Yeah. And, yeah. and now, um, personal opinion, this is where your story gets really good. <laughs> <laughs> so then I know that what comes after this is that your next call was to a church called Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Glenville, New York. Right. I And I know this because, and many of our listeners might not realize this, that is the church where I grew up. <laughs> And so I was in sixth grade at the time, um, because just to put a timing on all of this, when yeah. the ELCA was formed, you know, when Gary's getting his first call, I was three years old. Um, <laughs> just to really highlight the age difference here. Um, so then you go to Good Shepherd in Glenville. I was in sixth grade when you started there as yeah. our pastor. Um, and yeah, t talk a little bit about Good Shepherd. You were the um, senior pastor there. I was. Yeah. And what was very interesting was the lead pastor there, senior pastor there, had unfortunately developed Parkinson's and couldn't keep up a really robust work week. Right. So they called me to come in as senior pastor. He became associate pastor. But because of that, they were looking for a senior pastor who would have primary responsibilities for youth and family ministry. Very unusual, yeah. but a fantastic opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And those were... I mean, I'm, I don't know all of the. They were good years from my perspective. Um, I really appreciated having you there as pastor as I went through my formative high school years. Um, and yeah, I feel like the church did really well in those time periods. Um, just a, a neat time, a, a lot of it. And yeah. you were there at Good Shepherd for over, was it about 10 years? Uh, let's see. I was, I was actually there for about eight and a half. Eight and a half, okay. Yeah. Now, another little trivia question. Do you know from... Good Shepherd Luther Church, the first person I ever spoke to. I know because you've told the story before, but I'll let you tell it again. <laughs> All right. So I was calling the assistant to the bishop at Good Shepherd, uh, or the good the assistant to the bishop in that synod yep. to arrange for, you know, get my paperwork and all that. And the person on the other line answered the phone, and it happened to be Chris Preisinger, who was Nate Preisinger's mother. Yes! <laughs> and that family was members at Good Shepherd as assistant to the bishop, David Preisinger, uh, Pastor David, was a, uh, a person there. So, Pastor Nate's mother was the first person I ever talked to at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church. And now, Mom, if you're listening, I know you're horribly embarrassed. It's totally okay. Uh, you, you deserve a shout-out every now and then. Yep, that, was, that was funny. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, yep, just a, such a small world. And so, yeah, I was there from sixth grade through um, my senior year of high school, then went off to college, and you yeah. were still there a few years afterwards. Just a couple you years somewhere, after Yeah, somewhere in the time when I was away at college. I remember you took the call to... To Trinity Lutheran Seminary. Right. So my alma mater asked if I would come back and work in their alumni relations and development department. And it really worked out well for my family. It moved us back to Columbus, not something we had ever considered before, but it was really a good move. And there's just something special about serving a seminary, but to serve my alma mater, um, that was something that was, I felt very honored. Yeah. to be back in that place. That's and Karen and I actually got married in the 
sanctuary, the chapel at Trinity Lutheran Seminary. So it really, really felt like a home. Yeah, that's a really special place. Wow. And yeah, and getting to do, I know too, you, throughout your ministry, I feel like a real, a real mark of it has always been, um, like stewardship is something you're very passionate about, Certainly, something uh, you can really speak well about. And so I'm guessing that that lined up very well with this type of like, what was your official title? Did you say my official title became director of mission advancement? There it is. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of having a lot of those conversations with the alumni of the seminary as well as other donors right, as donors well. yeah. and, and then I became I kind of was on the circuit as a stewardship preacher in Ohio which was really great fun I absolutely loved that part of that ministry I bet I bet and then um, you decided that you needed to walk across the street right <laughs> that's right <laughs> tell us how that all happened so as I was working at the seminary the president of Capital University came to the president of Trinity Lutheran Seminary and he said hey would you be willing to share Gary with Capital University? Hmm. So for one year, I was director of mission advancement at Trinity Lutheran Seminary and director, uh, oh gosh, what was my title now there? Uh, they had some title. They kind of made it up because I didn't replace anybody. I think it was director of church relations. Gotcha. So I became working for both institutions at the same time. I had an office at the seminary and an office at Capital University. Really, those offices were a four-minute, five-minute walk from each other, but in separate, you know, buildings. Now, were either of those offices ever clean, or were they much like you? Oh, my gosh. Let me think. My one at Capital remained a little cleaner because I didn't move everything over. So I would have to say, and it was almost directly across from the president's office. So I felt a little more compelled to have it. Uh, looking nicer. Yeah, yeah I mean, and now here, Pastor Gary, I, he, he's, it's, I'm not going to say you're disorganized. I have no idea what your organizational <laughs> system is. That's, that's very good. <laughs> um, so um, you got to work, at one point you were working for both of your institutions um, simultaneously. You were right. an, an alum of both, and you got yeah. to work for both simultaneously. Yeah. And then eventually you did just transition to campus pastor at Capitol? Yeah, actually they created, they had three jobs that were at Capitol. There was a um, director of the Center for Faith and Life, uh -huh. something like that. I may not have that title exactly right. There was director of church relations who had, that person had retired, and the campus pastor. And the president said he wanted one person to resume those three roles. So created the position dean of the chapel and really largely did that for me. Wow. Basically, he came to me and said, I would like to create this new position at the university, but only if you're willing to take it. So it was really two and a half jobs rolled into one job is what I walked sounds, into at the university. But me. actually, yeah, I have to say, and as, as, as daunting as that would seem to others, it was just wonderful for me. I bet. And, well, and there's some, uh, similarly, I'm sure too, right? Like really special to be doing that work at your alma mater. Yeah. Like just really, it, it's just an experience I realize is very rare. A lot of people get to serve their alma mater in some capacity. Yeah. You know, you'll serve in the admissions department. You might sure, sure. serve in the finance, but there's something about being called into a pastoral ministry at your alma mater that really was, um, probably the the most um, humbling and mm. life-giving and exciting opportunity I, I, I will probably ever have in ministry. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, and so then after your time at Capitol, somewhere along the way, you get put on Bethany Lutheran Church's radar. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, t- actually, that's a kind of a fun connection, so explain that piece. So, a uh, seminary classmate of mine, Kent Mueller, was the assistant to the bishop in Colorado in the um, Rocky Mountain Synod. Mm-hmm. And Bethany was in the midst of a call process, and the Bethany Call Committee had said to the Synod, we really want to know that we're kind of in a nationwide search. Yeah. And so Kent called actually a classmate of mine. He called Mark and said, hey, Mark, I got this congregation in Denver, Colorado that really wants to make sure I'm doing a national search. <laughs> Would you be willing to, for me to put your name in to that search? And Mark said, no, I really can't. I'm too new in my call. I don't think it would work for me. Have you thought of Gary Sandberg? No and way. Kent, I quote, says, no, I haven't thought of Gary, but maybe I'll call him. <laughs> so Ken calls me and asks the same thing. And literally what he asked me was, would you be willing to have your name on the candidate list simply for comparison's sake <laughs> so that the congregation knows I did a wider search. So oh, that's Bethany, amazing. I am your comparison candidate, <laughs> just so you know. Oh, I just hit the rumbles. We're still driving. It's great. Um, and that's that's incredible. Uh, and obviously, I mean, you put your name in. You, you, I mean, and I know how you work too, right? I'm sure you put your best foot forward. You're like, oh, absolutely. Well, if I'm gonna do this, and and really, that's a cool. I mean, it's just a good thing for our listeners to understand too, but just how. How I, I'm sure we both understand call, and right. that, like so much of it is just out of your control ultimately too. If this random call from your seminary classmate who didn't even think of you first off, yeah, right? But that's how the Holy Spirit works sometimes, isn't yes. it? Yeah. yeah, and part of it, what I said is that if I'm going to be true to my call, then I have to be true to the Spirit's call, and sometimes that comes in a place that is not, you know, nothing you go looking for. Yeah, it it comes to you, right? And I think in order to be a person responsible to the church, I have to be responsible to the call of the Spirit. And so that's why I allowed my name to be entered into the process. Yeah. And, I mean, you that was a very long process, I imagine. Do you, do you remember at all when, like, the time from when Kent called to when you started at Bethany? Kent called me in, I could have been mid-November, and I, I, I said to Karen, you know, the worst thing that could happen is I might get a free trip to Denver out of it. (laughs) And then the first interview was going to be over Google Hangouts. I wasn't even going to get to Denver. And I thought, oh, this could be one interview and you're done. And it's a lot of work filling out all your paperwork. Yeah, it sure is. um, But as it turns out, yeah, that would have been early December was the first interview. And there may have been five. I did. I, I'd have to go I'm back. I'm sure there were and, tons, right? But you know, I mean, it was, it's a significant position for Bethany. I really appreciated the care, the concern, the work of the call committee. I bet. was absolutely phenomenal. Well, you've had that experience. You yeah, know. absolutely, absolutely. And uh, yeah, all of that wrapped up in late May. Neat, really yeah. neat. And then you start, uh, yeah, start late May, early June. Yeah, there. June, June one. Yep. Wow. Okay. And so now that means, and this was 2016? Yes. 2016. So you've been at Bethany for seven years. Yep. And um, tell me, like, what's your favorite part about serving as pastor at Bethany? Well, my favorite part is working with 
both the staff and volunteers who are absolutely committed to the ministry that we share. Mm -hmm. It uh, and and I, when I say that the, the staff, you kind of assume is, but not always. But the volunteer leadership at Bethany is so superior to any place that I have been before. No, I, w I would echo that as well, that it just really is um, a pretty special place in terms of, yeah, the the amount of, like, talent and giftedness and yes. uh, commitment to their congregation, too. I just feel like people at Bethany really love their church. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is a, a joy to get to work in an environment like that. Um, so, what about, though, your hopes for, or actually, I want to put this a different way. What do you hope people say about Bethany? Like when they're talking to their friends about their church or, um, you know, when the, the people are just kind of finding it online or something, what, yeah. do you, what do you hope people say about the congregation? I hope people say, there's a congregation that will love me the way I am mm -hmm. and will accept me and that there's, there's really the best sense of what we hope God is for the world gets exemplified in the way Bethany carries out his ministry. Well said. Oh, that's, that's really great. Hmm. Okay. Before we kind of, I, I have a, I have a lightning round for you, Pastor Gary. Okay. Some really, oh, all right. some really quick questions. And so, I mean, I've heard your sermon, so I know how you can really drone <laughs> on. Uh, just kidding. Um, uh, so, yeah, just like one, one word, one sentence answers to all of these, okay? Ready. Ready. You ready? Ready. Christmas or Easter? <sighs> Christmas. Robes or no robes? <laughs> Ooh. Um, well, you just asked me about robes at Christmas, uh, robes at festivals, no robes otherwise. <laughs> Would you rather preside at a wedding or a funeral? It's a hard one. Wedding. Okay. Um, what's your favorite Bible verse? The last one I read. <laughs> Good answer. What's your favorite hymn? Oh, um, um, thine is the glory. Favorite liturgical season? Oh, Advent. Favorite person in the Trinity? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I'm going to go with Holy Spirit. Favorite member on the Bethany staff? Just kidding, oh. just kidding. <laughs> Won't put you on the spot for that one. That's awesome. Oh, I know it's me. Um, <laughs> tell me, uh, in closing, about the future for Bethany and what you're most excited about or exciting things coming up. Yeah, I'm excited about the way that Bethany continues to staff for its future. Yeah. I've said many times that we never replace a... If somebody moves on from Bethany, we never replace them. We always revision for our future because we never want to hire for the past five years. We always want to hire for the next five or ten years. And I think that Bethany does that really well. And yeah. we may be doing that, um, and we'll have a chance to probably talk a little bit about as we go into the budget cycle, but what it means to maybe bring a deacon on our team. And that would really staff Bethany for the future. No, I mean, I'm really excited about this deacon idea that we've had. And um, really kind of recognizing, like you said, we had, I mean, we should explain to the people a little bit of that situation yeah. where we have intern Rita finishing up after her two years at Bethany and we go looking for another intern and there are just no interns to be found. <laughs> right. um, I think I, I realized the other day is that we're three years out from the real heart of the pandemic and guessing that seminary enrollment in fall 2020 was just so far down. Right. Which now means, like, in this current cycle of interns, that's probably part of why 
we, there's just so few to choose from. Um, but then w- as we saw that problem and realized, like, gosh, we don't have an intern. And we certainly um, really appreciated intern Rita's leadership and oh, the things that she managed. And we're kind of staring down. I think I came to you and I said, like, Gary, listen, I think you and I can handle um, the ministry needed for the future. Yeah. But I'm not sure we'll push it forward. Exactly. We'll, we'll be able to maintain it, but without that third person. And that's where kind of the Deacon idea came from. It's like, wait, yeah. we move some, you know, taking this, you know, moving the budget in these ways and that ways, could we not hire someone on for a longer term? Yeah, rather than looking at two part-time positions that could transition frequently, and it really, you're the one who first threw, threw the idea out, and I think it took me two and a half seconds to realize <laughs> how brilliant of an idea it was, is to say, why would we not secure Bethany's future mm-hmm. as, as opposed to... Um, wondering about Bethany's future. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, we'll, we'll wait to see the types of candidates we get in, but as I think about the possibilities, it's really exciting to, oh, to think about much. adding in another person to our already really strong dynamic staff team um, and our really strong pastoral team, for that matter, as well. And just excited, too, about what gifts this new individual might bring to the equation, too, things we haven't even thought of yet. Right, and that's the beauty of the staff is to say, we bring on people who fit well in a team, and then we have some positions, some tasks that we know really need to be handled. And then the main job of anybody on Bethany's staff is to make us better. Yeah. And that's what we're really looking to do. Make us better, move us forward. Make us better, move us forward. Yep. Yep. Yeah. One final question that I saved for last because I know it will stump you the most. (laughs) What do you do on the rare occasion that you take a day off? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, Besides the the necessary housework that has to be there. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, So you know in the winter, Karen and I ski. So that's, that's true. You know, so those are those become really kind of uh, sacred holy days are the ski days. And then the other times, if Karen and I can get out, even if it's a, a walk at Cherry Creek State Park, which is a very, you know, simple walk. But if we can get into the even the foothills or even into the to the bigger mountains and go for a extended hike, that really is just such special time for us as a couple. I hope you get to do that more often. I'm glad that you had a pretty quick and good answer to this. I was worried about asking that one. Uh, but hey, Pesker, thanks for coming on. Uh, clergy in the car, having coffee. It's been uh, great. I'm looking forward to me being in the other side of the conversation <laughs> and uh, having a conversation with you. Uh, and you, dear listener, thanks for listening. Stay in peace, everyone.